everybody. Welcome to Once Upon an Upside. This is our show where we talk about the movies that are on the Up channel. Very fun. Amy is normally your host for this, but she is uh, having all kinds of challenges with her computer. So she's not here today. I am film critic Rachel Wagner. I'm here and Jess is with me. Hello, everybody. And Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas. Christmas week. We did it. Can you believe it? Yes. We <laughs> made it through. Home stretch. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Over a hundred Christmas movies watched for me uh, <laughs> and reviewed. So that has been a crazy experience, but yeah, they've had from up channel. Uh, we have quite the, we have three movies that aired. Only one of them was actually a 2020 film. <laughs> the other two were from previous years, uh, but we're going to have a lot of fun. I think talking about these weird movies, would you agree? <laughs> yes, I think we will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, very good. Well, let's just dive in. Let's talk about it. So the first one that we're going to talk about is the one that is actually a 2020 film. <laughs> so they pulled it off. And this is Dashing Home for Christmas. And it stars uh, Penise Zaid, Adrian Spencer, Suzanne Sear, and Andrew Bushnell. And it's Emily Nichols, a successful business consultant, has missed every family gathering this year, so getting home for Christmas is very important to her. But when a series of mishaps from delayed public transportation to diverted flights and broken down trains and finally a lost wallet put her holiday plans in jeopardy, she's forced to find a way home with a fellow ro road warrior, Simon Allen. While Emily is more a type A planner who hates disruptions and inconveniences, Simon is a go with the flow type who sees the bright side to any misfortune. So having to rely upon one another to get to their final destination tests their will, but also provides ample opportunity to get to know each other and perhaps even fall in love. So Jess, yes. what was your overall thoughts about this film? Well, I thought it was a more unique take on like the common trope of being kind of stranded together. I thought they had some more unique aspects to it. Um, it, it kind of oddly reminded me of the proposal, like mm -hmm. just some of the scenes, like being stuck in the room together and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, which by the way, probably not the best idea to share a hotel room with a stranger you just met. Yeah. Probably not. I mean, I guess it was the, it was the only one left, I think, right? I think so. And the honeymoon suite, you know, so there right. you go. With a, we'll talk more about that, but the giant uh, hot tub in the middle of the room. Yes. So um, it was definitely interesting. And um, I really I also like think it's funny that like an airport hotel has a honeymoon suite. Like who's, yeah. who's who, who finished the, the wedding and we're like, we're, we're going to go stay at the airport Hilton, you know, or whatever. Like, <laughs> probably not high on the list, but, but yeah, I thought it was, it was kind of sweet and funny. Um, although I did feel like the, the female lead, Emily, uh, she was yeah. just a bit of a diva for too much of the movie and kind yeah. of annoyed me, but like they say in this summary that like, oh, they both need each other faults. She's completely dependent on him for everything. <laughs> yes. She doesn't have her wallet. If he wasn't super nice, then she'd be stuck yeah. with nothing. He's almost too nice. <laughs> I know he is almost too nice. And I, I was just I think my favorite thing about this movie was his glasses. And every time mm -hmm. he took off his glasses, I'm like, why are you taking off your glasses? That is your best attribute. 
He would like randomly take them on and off. Like, what are you doing? Like, can you see with these or can you not see? Are they like, right near side? Are you far side? I don't understand. He was so cute with those what glasses. Stop taking them off. Oh. <laughs> look way better. Um, yeah, I mean, there have been a million uh, kind of movies like this. Your plane trains and automobiles, of course, is the dude version of it. Uh, and then you have lots of hallmark variations. I mean, and, and even going all the way back to classic films, like it, it happened one night, you know, where you've got the road trip rom-com uh, kind of thing. And uh, and then in Hallmark, we have tons of them, like uh, Christmas Detour is probably mm-hmm. the most popular of all of them. Uh, but then the very first, most recently, the very first uh, time for time for me, I think that was the first one. It's time for me or time to you. I can't remember. <laughs> time for me to come me, home for Christmas. I, think. <laughs> I didn't know, yeah, but that one was one. like a road trip, you know, whatever. And all the thing, people they met along the way. So there, there've been a number. There's just the ones I think of off the top of my head, but, uh, but there's even this weekend, uh, we'll, we will have seen it by the time this airs, but, um, on Hallmark channel, the cross country Christmas, that's mm-hmm. basically what that one is from what yes. I've heard. So it is a popular trope and it can be very funny and people forced to kind of work together. I think it's a little bit harder to buy now because we aren't as dependent on, uh, on paper currency, we've got everything in our phone, you know, mm-hmm. and if people can find stuff online and all of that, I don't know, there's just so many different ways to pay people, whether it's Venmo or PayPal or mm-hmm. whatever, that I think a lot of the stuff kind of going on now feels yeah. a little bit like probably not. <laughs> yeah. And in this one, she did have her phone. So really the only right. issue she had was not having her ID. And that like was I literally like- have my credit card, literally my credit card on my phone with Samsung pay and yeah. I just click and I can do it. So there's a, it's, it, it's harder to buy this plot now than it once was for sure. Yeah. But my problem with her is I just thought she was kind of a brat. I was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. She was a little too much of a diva. Like the whole, yeah. like, I didn't feel like she quite had enough redeemable moments. And then like, sometimes she would be like a little, like softening a little, and then she would go like right back to, to yeah. be but like with that breakfast order. I was like, oh my gosh, woman. Yeah. <laughs> at the diner. I'm like, what are you ordering? <laughs> right. And, and the thing about enemies to lovers is that you have to make that transition uh, for caring for each other at just the right spot or you end up not liking one of the characters and that hurts the chemistry mm-hmm. it's very tricky people think it's easy but it's very hard so many rom-coms get it wrong <laughs> so it's tricky it's a tricky thing to do i didn't hate this movie by any means but I, I thought that she she was she was too much of a brat yeah that was my main problem what do you think of the uh, the name they came up with for the uber at the beginning the um the amigo amigo ride share they called it i don't even know if i remember that <laughs> yeah and <laughs> that was funny and so they end up sharing a basically an uber together and uh they they it's like the one where you invite like a friend or mm-hmm. you're willing to have more people and so she's there she uses his amigo and uh and then they get to the airport but they're late and she's all huffy about having to sit in the exit row and for me i find that strange because i actually prefer the exit row 
because you get way more leg room because they have to have more room for the so mm-hmm. I don't understand why she was huffy about the extra row. Yeah. I've only flown once. So I can't even say I would know the difference okay. if they have to <laughs> Well, yeah, because so the exit row, you can't lean back in your chair. So if that's a priority for you, then it's not as good. But if you want leg room, which is a priority for me, because I have pretty long legs, then uh, then you want to sit in the exit row if you at all can. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have to be able physically to be able to like lift the um the the door and and help people and things like that so if you if you can't do that for whatever reason then you can't sit next to row yeah or if you're a child of course you can't sit next to row <laughs> uh, but for adults that are able it's great i mm-hmm. so i don't know what her problem was i particularly i really got annoyed with her when he's talking and she's just listening to her music and just being like, uh, leave me alone. She's like a teenager <laughs> almost. Like, I mean, yeah. we're all like glued to our phones to some extent in 2020 or, you know, in this, you know, generation. Yeah. But like, I feel like we at least like are kind of <laughs> going to pay attention to someone who's talking to us. Right. Instead of yeah, that was pretty like, rude. What? Huh? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's just like you, your flight has been diverted to Montana. Uh, and, you know so sort of a, it's just a stressful situation all like don't be don't be rude don't be that person yeah don't be that person <laughs> um and yeah i wrote down in my notes he should always have his glasses on <laughs> this is the most important part of the movie the glasses that's, that's right yeah <laughs> um uh, yes and so the, yeah then they get to the hotel and it's a honeymoon suite with a hot tub in the middle and that yes. hot tub was it was just so strange whole design of this place <laughs> uh yeah she she's taking a shower he's in the hot tub and there's just some strange scenes and then they have a he sleeps on the couch she's in the bed and he's telling her don't worry about me because i'm going to be with my college friends mm-hmm. uh, which i was immediately suspect of yeah like, college friends that sounds a little suspect um so then they get back to the airport no flight and of all of the customer service people were pretty rude <laughs> like i understand that she's being kind of a brat mm-hmm. and also that that's super stressful right uh, and still though they were pretty rude <laughs> yeah especially the one lady you know at the airport like it's taking her sweet time like oh i gotta get set up yeah Take a sip of my coffee and she can't get a rental car because she doesn't have a license because mm-hmm. she left lost her wallet Which does make sense yeah and uh and so then they go on the road trip they're driving and arguing about music um which here's about the time in the script when they probably should have started to make that switch over mm-hmm. from uh and, and enemies to lovers because they were just continuing to fight but then i they got a flat and i was proud of her because she yes. knew how to change the flat she knew how to change the tire because <laughs> <laughs> if anybody listened to our recap of dear christmas which i also enjoyed uh that that kind of annoyed me the melissa joan hart she didn't even try to change the flat she was just like she's not even gonna make an attempt i'm like come on mg <laughs> change the flat um but then of course uh jason Priestley, mr christmas with his christmas tow truck that had a hot cocoa station inside the truck oh well that's so that's a whole new level of tow truck (laughs) that's right with toppings (laughs) 
I want to get picked up by that. I know. <laughs> I think I need to get myself stranded somewhere. <laughs> um, so then they miss the train. Mm-hmm. And so they're back at a, staying at a hotel. And, but this time they're in separate rooms. Yes. And so they had to part ways. <laughs> And, and they were both very very reluctant about that i know so that was good and he he buys wine and cheese sandwiches and they have their little nice time together talk about the muppet movie which is very good so uh, that, the one nice thing about being a fan of movies is that you always have something to talk about all the time mm-hmm. and i wouldn't recommend bringing up superhero movies or star wars because those cause conflict but other than that (laughs) other than that you can talk about everybody has movies that they like and so oh what do you like okay let's talk about that yeah (laughs) perfect and it is amazing too how how little it takes to form a bond with somebody you know that you think that it would need to be something important but it can be like the like I've made so many friends from the fact that I was, uh, that I am a fan of Survivor, mm-hmm. which is just like, it's just a silly reality show. Like why? But uh, I don't know. You just start talking and you get to know yeah. each other and it connects it. you like you, and mm-hmm. especially like for big shows, like I know, like I have like my friends in categories, like friends who get my friends references or like friends yeah. who get my office references, you know, it's right. like, it's something that like, it just connects you together in some strange way. That's true. It's true. You learn the vernacular (laughs) language. Yeah. Language. Yeah. That's a very good point. I mean, we even do that with Hallmark, really. Mm -hmm. We've all become friends. Yeah. Because of that. And uh, yeah. And so uh, then they decide to take the bus on Christmas Eve and they sing the 12 days of Christmas, Mm -hmm. uh, which definitely kind of harks, harkens back to it happened one night there's this i forget what song it is that they're singing i think it might be old Susanna. i can't remember on uh, it happened when i just watched it because we did it for criterion project not that long ago but anyway there's this whole thing with everybody on the bus is singing and mm-hmm. and everything and um and uh and then he gets so mad at her for taking this work call on christmas <laughs> eve he's so mad with her he's like well why didn't you you never listen you never can- <laughs> you're never gonna change and i was just kind of like that seems a little much she's taking a call from work yeah i don't know like i know that cell phones are the thief of love we understand that but Mm -hmm. i thought his reaction was kind of strong yeah and it's just this is when he learns what she does right yes yeah 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 what did you think of that i thought the conflict in this one was like interesting to me yeah i i thought it was a little much like that it seemed a little extreme to me yeah i like the idea of the conflict but i felt like he needed something a little more personal to make him that mad like right. if he had been laid off or his father had been laid off and it changed like right. his entire life you know because i think all of us can kind of empathize that sometimes layoffs nobody wants them to happen but when you're going between laying off a few people and a whole company going under and everybody losing their job i think you know yeah. it's not ideal but i'm like come on have a little it's, empathy <laughs> right it's kind of like we are all a little mad at joe fox and you've got mail for for taking out her business but we see him then go and 
show he's such a nice person that mm-hmm. and he feels bad <laughs> or like half the movie so yeah he, he makes up for it but you kind of need that i agree that's true yeah well, uh, what's, what's strange in this one too is like she he basically just like i mean she goes home and then comes back and he just kind of changes his mind and he's like oh i'm sorry i was wrong i'm like you just like literally were so mad and now all of a sudden you're fine yeah i don't know if it's because he thought that that oh, okay well she's really made an effort or something like that or what maybe but it seemed anyway inconsistent yeah she goes home she sees her family and her sister's like what are you doing why are you with the dude or whatever and, <laughs> and uh, um then she decided and her sister says, fight for love so she goes back and finds him and he's got all these bags of teddy bears because he's gonna donate or something mm-hmm. and it turns out the this college friends aren't real <laughs> fake college not there. well there was one real college friend one real college yeah and uh, so he comes to stay with her and then they kiss and then they have the family dinner and all is well. very happy so yeah so you guys do clouds on this one right balloons oh balloons okay uh so uh, how many balloons would you give this one i gave it three and a half out of five which I think we usually do 10 balloons and I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the conversion factor. I guess double it. So they all kind of mesh together. Sorry guys. All of my podcasts kind of, I know. I'm like, I'm used to I do listen. Five. I promise. I just can't remember the details. I'm just going to stick with five. Cause that's what I did. <laughs> Three and a half okay. out of five. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a 3.25, just a little under. Cause she was pretty annoying to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she needed a little more redeeming characteristics. Yes, but it was fine. I it was watchable if he had it on. It's just like a Christmas movie; you'd be fine. Didn't take Um, anyone to a dark place. No, it did not. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's talk about Christmas on the Range. This stars Aaron Cahill, Nicholas Gonzalez, uh, and uh, Lindsay Wagner, and who. Is not related to me, despite us both having the same name. <laughs> I can pretend that she's my aunt, um, and that Joe Wagner yes. is my cousin. Your cousin, you got such a talented family. Rachel. I know. <laughs> um, okay, so here we go. The summary: All Kendall Riley wants for the holidays to save her family's ranch, but her longtime rival, small town Scrooge Brick McCree has other plans in mind when brick's son clint comes back to town he is immediately drawn to kendall and offers a helping hand as a romance starts to blossom kendall's farm is sabotaged leaving her to wonder about clint's true intentions so this movie of course i saw it originally in 2018 i i watched it again today and i think normally i'm not a fan of save the ranch stories for the most part but the one thing i did like about this movie that was entertaining is this movie is very melodramatic it might as well be a soap opera and (laughs) and so i i enjoyed it on that level of just these like uh these uh these lost loves and and revenge (laughs) and and anger and 
punching, punching. people and it's like we're the old western almost yeah like yeah. that's the note I made I'm like the actors did really great with like playing out these emotions but I'm like it felt very over dramatic <laughs> yeah but sometimes I like that I like yeah. a little melodrama that's a little it was it was in the realm of I thought sort of camp almost mm. like when something's kind of uh almost like a telenovela you yeah. know where it's like how dare you what are you <laughs> doing you are not the mother of my child you know that kind of like ridiculous nonsense I kind of like that and so I sort of had fun with this movie um it's I'm not going to tell you it's a good movie but I do love Erin Cahill she is great mm-hmm. uh and it had its it had its moments mm-hmm. you, it starts out with uh, with her, she is getting her a ranch certified as an organic ranch, and this is only a three-year process, so very difficult. But she has a buyer on the line, ready to go, very excited. And uh, the problem is, is that her neighbor is this Brooke McCree, which is like a really good name. This definitely felt yeah. like an episode of Dallas to me, or something like that. Yeah. Rick McCree. He is a Scrooge. <laughs> what did you think of him? He he was interesting. Yes, he was he was quite the Scrooge. And we, we well, we learned that he has kind of this past that connects everything together, but he was mm-hmm. just very like vindictive and taking it out on Kendall for no reason. I mean, no. my goodness. And I mean, it's not her fault. This was the McCree and Riley families hate each other. That's yeah, we got, we got the, the whole getting... rival families going on. Yeah, we got Romeo and Juliet <laughs> once again. Basically, Romeo and Juliet <laughs> on a ranch. But it seemed like she was almost unfamiliar with Clint, which seemed weird to me. Yeah, because they, I mean, at least you've had the feeling they knew each other's families. Yeah, you think you would have grown up literally neighbors. You would have yeah. grown up together. I did think that too, because he, he he obviously he went away from home, but I would have thought that would have been when he was like 18. Yeah. And so then I uh, it starts out, and you also have Lillian, which is Lindsay Wagner as as Brooke's ex-wife. And I thought her that her character was kind of written sort of strangely. That basically the big reveal is you find out that uh rick was engaged to kendall's mother and uh and then he she broke it off with him probably because he's not a nice person <laughs> and uh, and then she ended up marrying kendall's dad and he was very very bitter and upset about that well lillian and ended up marrying brick even though mm-hmm. she knew he was in love with Kendall's, Kendall's mom, mom. <laughs> and I can't remember her name I don't know if they and, ever told us and she like knew that she wasn't going to be loved as much and she was okay with that I guess I don't understand why but that's the kind of like that's the kind of thing that's fun in shows like this that like lean into that like I don't know the the, the melodrama is fun <laughs> I think yeah anyway and so then you also the most over the top thing is that he he they he's he's had his son come back into town because because he has cancer tells him he's gonna die and then it turns out he's been lying all time that is really that his cancer is in remission and then he just told it as a lie and i was just like that nobody i mean if anybody really did that 
that would be like the meanest thing. Well, I was a little confused by that because they, he said he'd only known for a week that his cancer was in remission. And I don't know if we ever got a sense of how long the family had been back. I'm like, well, maybe it's not like as horrible <laughs> as it sounds. <laughs> but like you need, especially your child. I can understand maybe not wanting to tell your ex-wife, I guess, but yeah. not tell your child that you're not going to die. Like <laughs> Keeping it close to the chest. He's not. Nah. <laughs> I mean, this movie wasn't very Christmassy uh very much it, yeah. it did have like there was background christmas lights and, yeah and the and the ball thing was like the the most christmasy thing i think yeah. about the movie was the cattleman's ball when you have brick getting a christmas tree finally yes. at one point and <laughs> he's softening it. he's softening yeah Yet he's still sabotaging <laughs> kendall but he's softening yeah. another like it, it was a little like, inconsistent just, yeah that's true like he he he's getting to know lillian again he's trying to make things right with his son and yet he's still ruining kendall's buyers and then he's also sending his thugs out to go and and get rid of her uh to open the gates so that her cattle go so she can't sell her cattle and uh and we find out that lillian had sold the ranch (laughs) to Kendall's, Kendall's dad, dad because dad. for a dollar because she was so mad and, and so I mean I, I would love a ranch for a dollar I know said me that. I mean, come I'm on. thinking how did they get into such debt I guess they must have mortgaged it or something like that if they only had to pay a dollar mm-hmm. and because now they're you know they have to save the save the ranch yeah what happened there because that's a pretty good start <laughs> Um, uh, and he says, well, I'm not cheating. It's just business. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having yeah, your right. thugs go out and beat up and they're like, oh, you wouldn't have done it if you'd known it was your son. I'm like, so it's okay to just beat up other people. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Although I do have to say, I think my favorite part of the movie was when, uh, Kendall was racing back with him on, like flopping on the horse and yeah. then she just pulls him off and he like, <laughs> flings to the ground i'm like oh my gosh yeah Yeah, that was good that was good i asked aaron cahill about that when i talked to her about the horseback riding and stuff and she was like she said she was so glad that she took the part when she had the chance because uh that you you wouldn't normally in hallmark get that kind of chance to horseback ride and do that kind of thing Mm -hmm. in this in their movie so i will say they held the reins in the correct hand for western riding because that's right you know horses there was a certain hallmark movie in which the reins were not held in the correct hand i mean technically you could i guess you can hold it in whatever hand you would like but in typical western you hold it in your left hand because your right hand is help is reserved for roping so oh see that's we really need to have you on our heartland I know. Recaps. You would help so much. You would help so I much. look at these things. I'm like, which yeah. hand are they holding the reins? Are their heels down? Are they sitting properly? The one thing I did like, and uh, I, even I knew in Dashing in December in that movie, they, uh, it's the only one of these kind of movies, at least, where I've seen where they go out riding and he's not used to riding Peter Porte's character. Mm. And they, he, he, they're like, hey, you want to go dancing? And he's like, I am in so much pain. <laughs> and like they never have that in these movies they never have because it hurts yeah like when you're riding for the first you know oh, if you yeah. haven't been you're not for, used to it you're yeah if you haven't been for a while it hurts darn sore. <laughs> yeah that's right and i was like wow good detail there script way to go yes um so then we have more back and forth 
uh, that she is able to get a buyer uh, and we find out more details, like I said, uh, and uh, it, that's why it was called Last Chance Ranch mm-hmm. because uh, it was it was Brick's last chance to <laughs> be a decent human, which he failed. And <laughs> so then Clint tries to stop them from, he's very upset about his dad lying as anyone would be about cancer. And he tries to stop them from letting out the horse or the cows Mm -hmm. and they beat him up and they put spikes on the road. Yeah. Like they even went the extra mile with spikes. I'm like, these people are not kidding around. Yeah. 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 And so then they gather all the whole town and they, they get the cows back uh, cowboy style. Um, And what did you think of all the women and a couple men at the, um, salon hair salon <laughs> i called them the gossip squad mm-hmm. and i have i have a question a why do these people have all this surveillance equipment like they have when they they took that poll at like the beginning like who has like this like listening device and like <laughs> binoculars and i'm like who are these people yeah i mean this is and they even have like a rating system this yes. is this is a nine of a gossip that they have yeah I These found are... it annoying. <laughs> like, this is dumb. <laughs> this is like still Magnolias, but like taken to another level. You know, it feels like a club crazy. that school children have done, like stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Not was, grown adults was, and an older woman. <laughs> yeah. And so all is made well, as is always the case. And it's, it's, and uh, they pass the ins- they they get the buyer everything's great then they call it second chance ranch they change the name and uh and then uh brick says to lillian that oh what if she get back together and she says well you have to get rid of your mistress (laughs) and the mistress is the ranch yeah (laughs) and that he's going to hand it over to kendall in the end but hey, so, if they get married, it'll be in the family. If Kendall right. and Clint get married, then it's all sitting yeah. in the family and it's all good. So her her plan, her scheme of giving the the part of the ranch for a dollar pays off and it all ends up working out. So there we go. That was Christmas on the Range. I This to me, like I said, it, it felt like an episode of Dallas or Dynasty <laughs> or that kind of thing to me. Yeah. I Sometimes I wish that a show like Chesapeake Shores... Uh, would have a little bit more of this melodrama heartland definitely has has some of this which i appreciate mm-hmm. it's not as conflict free as, as, as the uh, or frustrating how they deal with conflict i would have loved i would love when calls the heart to have just a little bit more of this kind of just a little bit more of this kind of energy yeah uh, <laughs> um, but uh, uh i think i i think that would make it a more entertaining show but nevertheless I so I give this one 3.5. I gave it 3.75. Wow. You always 0.25 lower than me. Oh. <laughs> I thought you would be lower because it didn't seem like you liked it that much, but <laughs> well, I think well, at least like from the three movies you watch, I thought that in this movie they had the best chemistry. I yeah, think it I sold agree. it a little bit more. And it's a ranch, and I'm a horse girl. So oh, yeah. I mean that just elevates it. That makes sense. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about Christmas at the Rosemont. So this is an interesting situation because this is actually it was originally called Rosemont. 
and this was uh, released in 2015 and it was not a Christmas movie really hardly at all. And then it got somehow they were able to re kind of repackage it somehow as this Christmas at the Rosemont for 2020. <laughs> uh, and I think that you can tell when you watch the movie because it's barely a Christmas movie at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a Christmas movie in yeah. my head. <laughs> so this one, it stars, uh, this one stars Brad Dorif, Grace Zabriskie, uh, Lauren Swickard, and Brendan Michael Coughlin and Michael Gross and Grace Zabriskie she is pretty well known she's been in a lot of stuff and she's almost always the cantankerous grandma (laughs) I feel like she's one of those people that's played a cantankerous grandma since she was like 29 yeah (laughs) Um, she's very famous for having been in Twin Peaks on that show both times playing Sarah Palmer uh she uh was on big love uh playing the main uh the first wife of one of the heads of the of the um sect or whatever and uh uh she was in that she was she's just done a ton of stuff she's been around forever and uh she's been around since her first first role was night in 1978 so she's been around a long time yes (laughs) she was in norma ray that was her breakout which was in um uh 1979 so she has this she knows this type of role (laughs) like the back of her hand she knows how to be a cantankerous old lady (laughs) very well and uh, so she plays this woman who runs this inn and then Lawrence wickard which is interesting because she was just in California Christmas, which we just reviewed, me and Amy, uh, on Netflix with her husband. Uh, she is in it. Uh, I forget his name, but anyway, they're both Swickards and their last names. <laughs> um, and uh, so uh, then, so anyway, uh, there are people that we've seen in a lot of other stuff in this movie, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And of course, my, Michael Gross, he... He has a very small role in this movie. Michael Gross. Who he just play? plays the doctor. Oh, He's the doctor. The doctor. Okay. And uh, so it's kind of funny to see him so high on the credit sheet. <laughs> in like two scenes. But <laughs> so this movie, in a raging blizzard, five days before Christmas, two young people meet by chance, Lisa, 19, pregnant and scared, and Brad, a professional snowboarder, both want to make it over the mountains ahead of the storm brad to attend a party announcing his engagement lisa because she's desperate to get anywhere so long as it's away from the mysterious circumstances she's running from so they these two actors they play uh these as it says uh the people that are uh, sharing a car they end up getting stalled and going into this inn and you have this curmudgeonly old lady they're greeted by guns if that paints the picture (laughs) (laughs) and she doesn't want to take care of them especially when she sees that that the girl's so pregnant and but she does because i don't know why she just does and it doesn't really 
<laughs> and she does. And turns out there's all kinds of connections which end up coming forth through the stay. And uh, overall, what did you think about this film? I enjoyed the mystery. Like it was a very mysterious film. It kind of had that more like dark gothic vibe to it. Mm -hmm. um, and definitely edgier than most of the uh, Christmas movies that we see. I, I still would not call this a Christmas movie. No. Um, I, I would just call it a drama, but. <laughs> yeah, it's not a Christmas movie at um, all. It just called Rosemond as it was originally aired. Yeah, I think um, that would have worked a lot better. Yeah. It kind of marketed it different than what it was. And I didn't really feel the romance between the two, um, the two leads because I didn't feel like they had any moments. Like it just no. like, oh, we're in love. I'm like okay because it was yeah it was all like trauma <laughs> trauma trauma right it's kind of yeah. like people that meet in a airplane crash or something like that like you're always kind of like eh, be careful there yeah. uh it was kind of that same thing there was no like cute moments at all to kind of bond or laugh yeah. or you know that you want in a in a in a pairing uh sometimes and and yeah this movie could have easily been a horror movie for sure <laughs> very close and mature content so just for any anyone who maybe has not seen it and thinking about watching it it's more mature than what you might see at homework for sure um, yeah some of the, yeah. the themes and the topics and we got like yeah you might and, maybe see yeah. some of this in like homework homework drama maybe over there they have some yeah. older stuff and things like that but yeah uh it's more on the level of like touched by an angel or yeah. that kind of level of content so it's yeah. not like bad or anything but right. it definitely it's not like terrible no not terrible but like not what i think most people would like it's not, yeah. a, it's not a cozy christmas no. film well and so she has ended up she had this relationship with this older man how old was he did you catch that i i couldn't understand the like i listened to it twice and i still he did was not her teacher is that right i don't Our think professor? they ever i don't know if they said i couldn't hear what the age was though i'm like did they say 45 <laughs> He was older. He I definitely, <laughs> I forget if he, they said 45, but he was definitely older. <laughs> and the thing is, is, so she, he wants her to give the baby up for adoption. And he has taken $75,000 from these people. And this kind of stuff does happen. And part of the reason why adoption is so expensive is because it's, it has to be done right or you have this kind of these kinds of problems and <laughs> so that's why you whether you're the birth birth mother or you're the adopted family you have to go through all those legal even if it's within your own family you still mm -hmm. need to get a lawyer you still need to have it all in writing you still need to have you go through all of the legal things you cannot just like go by verbal agreement none of that kind of stuff it's that's a disaster waiting to happen and so he was a sleazeball uh, and the you know the fact that he did this to these people trying to adopt the baby and you know because there are very dishonest people trying to take advantage of people that are very vulnerable trying to adopt and uh, in trying to do whatever it takes and and to go the the normal to go the the correct way is expensive and so people are vulnerable right and mm -hmm. so and, and especially overseas it can be a, a big problem uh a while back there was a whole thing with madonna where she was trying to adopt baby a child but it turned out like was he actually an orphan or not like it was there was a little unclear because that's something that happens 
is they'll just they'll literally they'll kidnap children they'll they'll uh uh, they'll have somebody that's just being dropped off temporarily at the orphanage, but then they'll sell them to an American who's, you know, again, kind of vulnerable and desperate anyway, not to get too into all of that, but that's why you have to do it the right way. You have to go through the attorneys. You have to, because of there's so many things like that, that are, are, are trying to take advantage of vulnerable people and, and, and who's more vulnerable than a birth mother in this sensitive time right and mm-hmm. and a and this couple's trying to adopt it's just a very you just have to do it the right way especially with how young she was i mean she was only yeah 19. 19 absolutely so i so yeah he was a he was awful oh my gosh um and i mean and then and i and Grace Zabriskie showed him what's what. <laughs> he deserved it. <laughs> yeah, she's pulling him out by his coat over his head like he's some like he's a nineteen year old boy or something. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'll show you the the end, the end of my gun. Get out of here. If I ever see you again. Oh. But there, what did you think of that bizarre sequence? I understand she's Grace Zabriskie. I get it that bizarre sequence where she is hitting the teenagers with a wooden spoon that was weird <laughs> I will spanking agree. them it was so weird. i was like um like, what okay this is very what? yeah I, I didn't i didn't think that needed to be there at all <laughs> oh, it was so weird and she just kept going like it was just like whack next one whack next one yeah like, what are you so doing so <laughs> then she goes into labor and they have like a book and they're like reading <laughs> from the book <laughs> like, that was kind of comical i thought well yeah with um, a yeah. reading from the book okay here's how we're gonna turn so just yeah <laughs> got the turkey baster oh, like, oh my gosh <laughs> i would be, I'd be like ah! i'd be screaming oh. uh that was what's going on like i've said this could have easily been a horror movie yeah and parts of it were um so grace zabriskie is super bitter because her child i i lost whether it was a son or a daughter of hers um that it was her so, daughter yeah so there was the uh that she was upset with the daughter uh, went off and uh, I was going to get was engaged I think and then they got in a car accident had then there was a child they I mean they got in a plane accident yeah it was a plane, plane, it was a plane crash plane crash and they and I guess there were reports of like the animals eating the people yeah you know, like, well I think is... they found the bodies but not the baby and so they assumed that animals had taken yeah. the baby like back to their den so this the is some grisly stuff sorry about that <laughs> I'm going to put a little warning at the beginning of this podcast <laughs> uh, but but anyway and so uh, so she starts to figure out that uh, when they find out that Lisa is adopted Mm-hmm. They find out that it was a week. Uh, she was born in a hospital uh, a week before the baby was then found, or she was adopted a week, or a week after, whatever, any week. Um, and so she thinks, "Wow, this—that's awfully a coincidence." So, what if this is mm-hmm. the baby that was lost? Yeah. 
And I kind of wish with that storyline, I feel like they they kind of gave away their hand too soon. I kind of wish it had come out a little more out of left field because it wasn't a surprise. Like I felt yeah. like as soon as she told the story, I was like, oh, Lisa's yeah, her pretty much as soon as you find out somebody is adopted in one of these movies, yeah, you can almost guarantee that somebody <laughs> in the <laughs> <a> lost relationship, <laughs> somebody else will be the birth mother in the movie. Yeah. And so, I'm like, oh, yeah. I um, like they played their hand. I'm like, I wanted to drag that mystery a little longer. Like, just smaller yeah. things about why this woman is keeps looking at Lisa weird, or why she had such a visible reaction to seeing her. I wish they had dragged that a little longer. Yeah, and uh, Michael Gross, he's the doctor. He doesn't really even have a character. He's just kind of in and out to provide medical care. Yeah, he barely so needed he, to be there. <laughs> yeah, the fact that he's way prominent on the poster, I'm like. Eh he's really not <laughs> i mean i love michael gross but still um and then the brad snowboarder guy first of all he's like you should have a half pipe in this in this you should uh, it would be the snowboarder's dream this in and i don't know why i made you laugh and and then he goes down to the uh the wine cellar and he's like you will have a, a super expensive wine he Who knows a lot about snowboarding and about wines yeah that's very, right very, <laughs> very, very brad the snowboarder. to know about together <laughs> yeah who knew brad the snowboarder was such a connoisseur of wine he's like this is what we're drinking is worth three thousand dollars right now and uh, and they figure out that they could sell all of this wine and it would be worth one hundred fifty thousand dollars so that would be enough to kind of get things going and they end up setting up a christmas tree at the inn and that's about all we don't even see her decorated or anything um which we just know that she's uh, she's slightly less of a grumpy old lady at the end. Um, and yeah that was basically they they reveal that she's the granddaughter Oh, and then he goes to see his fiance, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Why do all these pictures are of this other lady and you know, and this baby?" Yeah, <laughs> like, she was a she was a character. Yeah, I mean, you think that you'd be kind of understanding if you just kind of been through this traumatic help this pregnant woman. <laughs> yeah, and like no, she's all like jealous, and you like her more than me, don't you? Yeah, you love her. <laughs> like, yeah. What? So he's like well maybe i do and so then he goes back and all is well so yeah this movie i don't know i would never watch it again for sure it was yeah. just not my not my cup of tea yeah and well, we didn't um, even talk about like the very end like she has a uh what's her name josephine the older woman oh, has yeah, like the just- huge breakdown like literally seconds before the movie ends and then oh she's fine she oh, has a little yeah. talk with Abe. No, like, that's really, felt, it literally is seconds. <laughs> like that felt so missed. Like that should have happened somewhere a lot yeah. earlier in the movie. Well, and it was like we can't eat this food until she comes yes. back. Until she comes, should we should we box it up or whatever? And okay. I was like, oh. And so then she she's better, and then they can eat the food. And yeah, you're right. That's true. I remember <laughs> I was like, I hope my my conversion doesn't have a cut off or something. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah i would give this movie two and a half two and a half balloons maybe three 
So there we go. That's our thoughts on these up movies. <laughs> if you have seen any of them, let us know uh, your thoughts in the comment section or on Twitter. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And uh, so Jess, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JessBSWblog. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media and on iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check it out. We're going to have some fun reviews coming up over on my channel. Uh, so with a bunch of Christmas Day releases that are happening. And make sure you're following Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast, all of our social media, and also the Once Upon an Upside Twitter. Uh, and we'll have that in the description. So make sure you check that out. And uh, if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you are listening or watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so, so much. We also have our patron group, which is a lot of fun, and our merch store, which we even have Once Upon an Upside merch. So please, so please check that out. We'd really appreciate it. And thanks so much and have a Merry Christmas. Bye, everyone. Bye.